Welcome to the Chicago Golf Tour Podcast, sponsored by Sub70 Golf. Sub70 Golf is the number one direct-to-consumer golf equipment company based out of Sycamore, Illinois. By cutting out middlemen and unnecessary overhead, Sub70 products are roughly half the cost of other OEMs. Everything is custom-built, and they typically have one- to two-week turnaround times. With a full equipment line from driver through putter and options for everyone, go check out Sub70 Golf at GolfSub70.com. All right, folks, we interrupt this broadcast to tell you about the very best sports coverage in the Chicagoland area. Our go-to, that's Sports Mockery app. The Sports Mockery app is breaking Chicago sports news and rumors, covering the Bears, the Hawks, the Bulls, the Cubs, and the White Sox. Download the Sports Mockery app now, available on iTunes and Google Play stores. Back to the show we go. All right, folks, welcome back. We are back better than ever, Rob. How are we doing? Good. What's going on, Tom? Not much, man. Just another beautiful Tuesday afternoon. It is scorching out, and it is going to be a heater all week, Rob. Yeah, it's uh, what back then nineties again. Yeah, I heard a hundred plus tomorrow, and it's supposed to storm too, so it's going to be toasty. Oh, and I'm and I'm supposed to play tomorrow at White Tail Ridge. So, oh, are you really? Yeah. So that sounds terrible. <laughs> I know. I'm going to need to hydrate a ton today in order for tomorrow. We're playing. We're supposed to be playing uh, Twilight tomorrow. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So hopefully that uh, that works out. I know we're trying to get in Heritage Bluffs on Thursday. <clears throat> Thursday, it's gonna be it's gonna feel good to get back to Heritage Bluffs for you, I believe. Uh yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited about that one. I'm uh, it's it's uh, my home away from home. I feel like so. Right. Speaking of golf, Rob, uh, we played a ton of golf. We will get to that shortly, but did yep. you catch any of the rocket mortgage? And I did. I did. I, I wanted to see if he now could go back to back. Um, yeah, I watched probably the back half of it, probably from like holes 11 on, um, did some stuff in the morning. Um, but yeah, caught the end of it. He, uh, I like him a lot. I'm glad he went back to back. That's awesome. I'm happy for him. I like, I always like seeing that, uh, emotion at the end when the guy wins. Um, you know, it maybe like they, you know, all the people on Twitter are saying, you know, maybe it's opening the floodgates. Maybe yeah. like now he has that confidence to do what he thought he always could do. But yeah, I just, I like that he has a unique swing. I like, I mean, his putting was uh, just on point on Sunday, I felt like. Um, but, you know, the other cool thing is like he had a shit start to the year, right? Like you played terrible like in the beginning of the year. So it's good to see him bounce back and yeah, two wins in a row now. Big fan of Tony's probably in my top. He's got to be in my top five all, uh, maybe not all time. I was going to say, but definitely current players probably has been for a while. Just his, um, his career in general, you know, how he started, he came in what at 17 years old, turned pro big break, man. He's a big break. Yep. Um, kind of just grinded for a while. Yeah. And then, yeah, there was this kind of, you know, light around him that he just couldn't finish. You know, mm-hmm. probably the last three, four years. I mean, the guy's got a bazillion top 10 finishes, probably yeah. on a top five finishes. Yep. Uh, so it's nice to see him break through. I hope he goes on a serious run, like a, a Sheffield run. Um, sure. mm-hmm. I would love to see him in the top, you know, three players in the world. Yeah. So, yeah, good for Tony. I mean, just a super good dude. Um, All the confidence him. with that driver, too, man. Holy crap, dude. Just like. They even put a second thought to it. Just start, just start piping them out there. It's crazy. Right. right. 
he uh, he smokes the ball. I mean, he's probably one of the best ball strikers out there. Uh, and he's obviously a huge stick off the tee. But, yeah, great dude. Um, seems like a good dad, family guy. Mm-hmm. You know, seems super down to earth, humble. So good for Tony. Um, I only caught maybe like the last 30 minutes of it, to be honest, yeah. mm-hmm. which was fine. Um, kind of needed or kind of saw everything I needed to see, which was whatever. Speaking of golf, Rob, we went out to Estonia and we played ourselves what 45 holes in roughly nine hours. Yeah, yeah, we got nine, that. Second. Yep, yep, nine and a half hours, something like that. Yeah, it was, it was it was a long day, but it was a good day. Like the ride out there wasn't as bad, even the ride home, I don't think was too bad for what we did all day, but yeah, it was just man, it was an awesome experience for sure. Yeah. So I picked you up at what? 5 a.m. Took us about 2.45 to get out there. Uh, we teed off at 9 a.m. We played the Woodlands course first. Yeah. Um, what was your thought on the Woodlands course? Um, it was all right. I mean, it wasn't anything special to me. I don't think, I mean, like Adam golf unfiltered, he had a good uh, podcast yesterday drop on it. Um, Am I happy we played it? Sure. Yeah. If we go back, am I playing that again? Probably not. I'd probably rather play links all day, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, yeah, you know, obviously like wide open. Like I'd rather play something like that mm-hmm. than the tree lined course. Um yeah. because I just that's just me. I mean, the driver isn't always on point. So but Woodlands, it, w- it was pretty. I'm glad we played it. It was pretty cool to start off that way. We flew through the round, I felt like. It was a yeah. good warm-up for uh, the Lynx, for sure. Um, but I-, I think it felt like any Woodlands course around here that we play, you know, type deal thing to me. It was nothing too crazy, I don't think. Um, greens were nice. Everything rolled pretty good. But like I said, I-, I enjoyed it. I just don't know if I'd, like, go and play it again. I played Lynx all day, like I said. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um but we are also water and oil. So yeah, <laughs> I'm more of a Woodlands guy. I like the Woodlands course. Um, did it blow me away? Not really. Uh, kind of, <clears throat> they reminded me a lot of Whitaker Woods. <clears throat> in yeah. um, maybe that with like, you know, a mixture of maybe like old oak and old evergreen, um, heavily wooded, some corky holes, but nonetheless, I mean, fun layout. I think to your point, I think I will agree with you on this. If I, I think I'm happy we played it. Yeah. And I think if I went back up there, I would kind of do the same, the same thing. I would play Woodlands first, just yeah. warmed up and then play links and then probably play links, you know, another time. Yeah. No, um, it was, it was great. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was, it was tough. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, especially with us being, you know, playing there for the first time. There was some holes, you know, some pin locations. Like we had no idea where we were going. Sure, sure. Um, and then, you know, like for instance, number two, you got to hit over that tree. Yeah, guarding the green, like little little uh, things like that. Course knowledge would have been helpful, but for the most part, I thought the woodlands it was great. Um, I tend to like woodlands. I mean, by by now everybody knows this. You know, kind of just the artistry behind like how the holes are cut out, and you know. You, you're kind of more focused on just that hole opposed to links where everything's kind of just wide open and, yeah, you know, kind of get distracted. For me, at least, I just get distracted looking around. But um, so, yeah, we played the Woodlands and then we grabbed lunch, which was awesome. 
Yeah. It was good. Really good, really good food. And then we played the Lynx. Um, the Lynx was unbelievable. What were your thoughts on the Lynx course? I love the Lynx, man. I, I don't mind the blind tee shots. I think that's that's pretty cool aspect of it. Um, I I like that it was wide open. Um, I love that pretty much you can find your ball anywhere. Um, whether it was in the fescue or not, you could still hit it out of there pretty much 90% of the time. Um, I didn't, you know, I expected to, you know, when I think of Lynx, I expected a lot more roll out of the ball off the tee, to be honest with you. I felt like that was one thing that was missing, but as far as like the routing and the the types of holes, like nine was awesome, even though we screwed it up the first time we played it, right? We all tried to cut a little bit too much off because it was deceiving, yeah. you know, that par five. But um, no, I, I, I truly did enjoy it. The greens were awesome. I think they rolled true. I think a lot of them rolled fast. Some rolled slow, but the chipping was awesome. That's my favorite. Like the short game is my favorite thing to do. So that was cool to uh, play. The part threes were awesome. Um, so I, I thoroughly enjoyed the links. I'm glad we got back out for another nine, at least on the front. So how yeah. about you? Yeah, I would agree with most of all that. Um, here's the thing. Don't get me wrong. Was this Lasonia, in particular, the links course, was it great? Yes. Did it blow my dick off, Rob? No. It, it did not. Um, cruising in. Here's the weird thing. Cruising in. When you look on the left and you see the Lynx course, you're like, holy shit. You see all those contours and undulations in the raised greens. And you see a lot of that from, you know, a distance. Yeah. I would argue when you're playing it, you don't really see all that. It's more so like yeah. that. And then even to your point, you know, there wasn't a lot of like run-ups. Everything was kind of bowl-shaped, which <laughs> I tend to like more anyway. So I didn't have a problem with that. Yeah, I would, I would agree. There wasn't a ton of rollout, you know, um, on drives or even unless it was like downhill or even into the greens, like, you know, besides nine, like where you had to come up short and kind of bump it up and just let it release. There wasn't a ton of that. Um, a lot of sneaky greens though. I, I thought the links greens were, you know, five times harder than the woodlands. Um, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I agree yeah. With that. But just overall in general, I mean, yeah, insane course. I mean, I would easily give it an eight out of 10 and I would for sure go back in a heartbeat. I yeah, did. the views are just breathtaking. Like, you know, yeah. when we're on 10 green, like that was like Adam said, it's completely crazy how you could literally see the whole back nine right. from the 10th green. Right. And talking to a former CDT guy, he brought up a really good point. Um, and I think this goes to, you know, part of the reason that it maybe didn't, you know, blow my dick off is that years ago, you know, the allure of Lasonia back in the day was, you know, it used to be 60, 70 bucks in the weekends, right? I mean, can you imagine going and playing that place for 60 bucks? Like that's a complete steal. Yeah, it's crazy. So now, even even though the 135 unlimited play is still a complete steal, like that's a no-brainer, I could see, you know, the value of it back in the day, seven, you know, eight years ago, um, you know, going to play that course for 50 bucks. If that was the case, then yeah, that place would absolutely blow my dick off. But um, I think the value just isn't there. Um, I think it was just a little bit overhyped, not, not too crazy. I still kind of had to keep in the back of my mind, like, Hey, this is a public course. Like 
you know, it's not private, you know, kind of had to keep that, but like, I don't know, man. I just, I kind of left there a little underwhelmed, um, wanting a little bit more, but Hey, you know, I'll give credit where credit's due. I would go back in a heartbeat. I'm, yeah. I, I guess I'm the complete, it, it didn't blow my dick off, but I think the value was way there for what we got to do. And if I, and if it's 135 all day, I mean, I think next time you stay the night before, right. And you play from sun up to sundown for, Absolutely. I mean, crazy. So, that, so that value is there. I'm talking about like five, six years ago when Lasonia kind of came on the scene, right. Sure. And the value of playing it for 50 bucks, just a course, he was telling me that you used to be able to play the links for 50 bucks on like a Saturday. That value is crazy to me. Still the value today is very good, but I think it's, it's kind of dropped off a little bit from what he was saying. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you. I would stay. What I would do for sure next time is play 36 one day, stay overnight, wake up, play another 36. And I'd probably do if I, I'd probably do Woodlands links and then day two, just do links links. Yeah. Um, something like that. Wait, like what we got done with the links. So I thought that was crazy awesome that you know we just rolled up back to the first tee no one's there like we had the whole front nine to ourselves it was like we thought we were doing something wrong it was crazy literally crazy it was a thursday evening at like four o'clock it was absolutely beautiful out it was golden hour and we all looked around and we're like this is bizarro like are we not supposed to be out why is nobody else here right and then we were just like that's that's got to be just like wisconsin yeah right Right. Um, but then when we got, when we pulled back in, they did say there were still 18 carts out there and we were, yeah. we all started laughing because we didn't right. see one of them. Yeah. They weren't on the front nine. That's for sure. No. Um, wagers, Rob, we yeah. got waxed, uh, in match one by Mr. GU and McEwen media. Yeah. They, I mean, Adam had a nice smooth thing, swing. Chris was on point. Yeah. I mean, we were, it was back and forth majority of that round. And then it was, we, well, we, we went press and roll and press and that's why I jumped way the hell up there. But yeah, it was, um, it was a good match. It was, it was fun. I think it was even for the most part. So yeah. no, it was, I, place. I take full responsibility. I got a little, <laughs> got a little crazy on pretty much like 16, 17, 18, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I think Chris was popping on 18 and I decided to re-roll and yeah. yep. the match was already pressed and you know, it wasn't good, but you know, it could have went the other way. Uh, sure, sure. Still, we only lost, I think, what, 30 bucks on the first match. Yeah. Um, but points-wise, we got waxed. And then we came back the second match. Yeah. Won that. Um, and then you and I, Rob, our wagers. So yeah. I think you took me down in the front nine of the Woodland. <laughs> I lost the rest of them. And then I – You were – I mean, I, your, your round – your first round at Lynx was pretty uh, impressive for not knowing the course at all. You, you played pretty good. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I mean, Woodlands uh, Woodlands got me. I just got in too much trouble with not knowing the course. Um, I felt like I hit the ball well all day. I putted atrocious all day. I was going to say, you had some big uh, misreads. Oh, on yeah. The greens. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big misreads or big misreads. Yeah. Um, especially on the links too. Like for, I mean, there was like two or three birdie putts within seven feet 
And yeah. They weren't even close. Yeah. Um, whatever. Luckily, we were able to, to, to escape with pars there. But yeah. I enjoyed that. Uh, the the five three one two for the last time we played. I've never done that, so that was that was a good little game to play for three people. Yeah, five three one's awesome. It's super easy. Um, I hate wolf, so yeah, it's especially with three guys. It's it's very easy to do, and you know you still take in, in handicap into account and, and so forth and so on. It's just my cousin taught me that game. Shout out Jeff. Um, yeah, just a great game for those guys listening. Pretty much, let's see how we could explain this super quick. So you have three guys, one guy birdies, one guy pars, one guy bogeys. You can only distribute nine points on each hole. So birdie mm-hmm. would get five, second guy would get three, last guy would get one. Mm-hmm. If the last two guys tied, they would get they would split four, so it would be two and two. So right. no matter how you put it, it's got to equal nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just, you know, you determine how many points um, or what they're worth and right. so on. And then you just count them out at the end. No, it was a, that was a quick, easy, fun game. I did enjoy that. Uh-huh. And then speaking of golf, Rob, let's talk about uh, CTT golf. We just wrapped up on all three tours, the third major of the year, mm-hmm. three down, one to go. Uh, we just wrapped up the U.S. Open. Let's see. Cantigny was the U.S. Open on the West Side Tour. And then we had Thunderhawk up on the North side tour. Um, we need to clear the clear the year a little bit here, Rob, with yeah. a, a quick little rant. So there's been, let's see, how, how do we put this nicely? There's been some miscommunication, I would say, um, amongst the, I guess, the player handbook, just in general. Um, just people in general not knowing that you need a new attester. Um, for each of the majors and the yep. playoff. So yep. meaning somebody that has not attested for your round at all through the year, right? right. Um, there was quite a few people unhappy that their scores got basically wiped and they lost points. And we got some, some emails about it. Um, but here's the thing, Rob, like we, we try to make this thing is very straightforward stress-free stress-free as possible right mm-hmm. it's the whole reason we put in a ton of work to build this website to put all the resources out there so that our guys have everything readily available right if you would if, if you would just read the player handbook and that's why we you know that's why we harped on it early in the year you know hey I, especially for former guys hey i know you've probably read read this in the past but guess what this yeah. is like the bible this is the most important thing on the website please reread it. Some things have changed, you know, just dive into it, make sure you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. We've also shared it on our, our Slack channel, social media channels. Um, so when it comes down to something like that, that's, a, that's, that's essentially why the player handbook exists is because right. if we have conflicts down the road, we say, well, that's what the player handbook's for. That's what right. You know, that's the reference for the player handbook. Everything is in there. Everything you need to know, it's all laid out for you. Um, so just wanted to clear that up. You know, so moving forward, the last major, you need a new attester for the playoff. You need a new attester. Yep. That's that's also part of the reason we brought on the T-sheet, um, the Slack channel, to, to be able to find new guys. Yeah, help you guys out. Right. And the thing is, like, 
if you use some creativity, you don't necessarily have to find, you know, you don't have to go play with just some random guy. You could, you could play with your same group or one or two guys from your original group, bring on another guy. And then that guy could essentially be in a tester for all three of you guys. Right. So there's little ways to get creative, especially if you have two groups, you know, you could just swap a player yep. and they can attest for everybody or at least for those three guys in that group. Um, so, yeah, I mean, do you have any, anything else to. No, I mean, I, I have to agree with you, you know, so it's, I know it's hard and I know it's challenging sometimes to find people to play with, but that's what Slack is there for. And that's what the T-sheet's there for. I mean, it's, it's, we're a golf community, right? That's the whole point of kind of putting this together is to meet other gearheads or, you know, right. weekend warriors or whatever you want to call us, right. um, you know, just to get out there and play. So I understand sometimes it can be difficult to find somebody. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, each tour has, you know, a certain amount of people. So it's, you know, the, the emails are there, you know, Slack is there. It's like Tom said, like you can get creative, like, just, hit, you know, if you play with the same guy every time, just try to get, you know, one one more guy in there. I mean, there's always guys looking for rounds, right? So, I, I see it on Slack. I see it. I see it on the T-sheet when we're filling it out that there's always, you know, random guys just putting themselves in there. So Right. And you just brought up a good point that I want to touch base on. So <clears throat> saying, you know, playing with the same guy. So that that's kind of where this rule came in, right? Um, we would love for you guys to play with the same people, every event, it's just not feasible, um, because there's money at stake, you know, um, because, you know, the, the, the sandbagging history of just any type of amateur yeah. golf league, golf in general, golf in general. Right. Yeah. So this is, that this, that's the reason we came out with this mixture. So 60% of the time. You know, the other six events, you could play with the same guy every event. Yeah. The other 40%, the four majors, you could still play with that same guy, but you need to bring in another new guy right. so that he can attest for your major score. That's that's all we're asking. Um, you know, I think there's I think that holds up a lot of the integrity, you know, of the league and the rules of play. Yeah. I mean, golf is a game of honor, right? I mean, right. So at the end of the day, there's a lot of money at stake. You know, it. there's a lot of people involved in this. So, I mean, we're just trying to make it fair and legit for, you know, people that I'm not saying have to take off completely seriously, but I mean, this is, you know, it is what it is with like, we have, there's money involved. So. Correct. And we still, and don't get me wrong. We we're we're not trying to make it seem like something that's not, we, we want it to be, laxed and stress-free and, and that's why we we you know have built the website and, and put out these things that you know um like the player handbook where if you just look at it and say oh well i could do this i could do that and then plan out you know your events it's pretty straightforward and and pretty stress-free and then we take care of all the points and the payouts and stuff like that so we you know trust me from the feedback that we've got in the last four years that's ultimately why we're here today is because mm -hmm. of you guys and the feedback that we've gotten and, and sure, you know, we're, we're all open ears at the end of the year about what could be better and, and what, you know, maybe needs to change and, and we'll get to that point. But, you know, 
like I said, for now, the, the, the player handbook is the biggest, you know, most important thing that you could possibly know on the CGT website. So got that out, Rob. Let's, 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 let's move on. Um, let's talk about the Wyndham book it with T-Pex. Who do you like? Right, let's hear him. Huh? Do you know anybody in the field? No, I don't. Is he now playing again? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, hey, right. well, this is what the last one before the playoffs, right? So this one's a huge one, isn't it? Uh, it's either one more or two more. Either way, it's you know, the guy's trying to get in the top what 125, right? So, yeah. all right, uh, book it with T Wyndham picks his long shot, Jaeger 130 to one, HV3 35 to one, Scott 35 to one, C Wu 28 to one, and T's favorite to win the Wyndham Webb. Simpson, 20 to one. And you can book it with T. What are your thoughts Yeager. on the uh, old website? Yeah. yeah. Ye- Jaeger was up there this past weekend. He, uh, he, I think he finished top 10, didn't he? I don't know about Webb. I like, uh, I do like HV3. I'd like to see him win. Um, Scott was playing pretty good too. So I, I don't disagree with his picks. We have well, to trust in T, right? Our trust is in T, Rob. Um, speaking of, Kind of circling back to our car ride, <laughs> Lasonia. That brings us right into the top three. Are you okay? The top three, Rob. I well, we did talk a lot about thing, a lot of things in the car ride. Your cruise control bullshit, um, <laughs> and some other things. So I'm curious what your well, top three questions. Well, let's 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 start there. Um, so <clears throat> for all the listeners out there. Rob is not a cruise control guy. Um, We kind of had a little cruise control tutorial in the car and Rob was not having any of it. (laughs) Um, He likes to be in control. Although, you know, all you got to do is is worry about the steering wheel. Um, And then we somehow get on the discussion of prime rip. (laughs) And things went really south. Um, I told Rob that I thought prime rib was extremely overrated. And he said, what? And I said, yeah, I don't, I don't want to roast. Just give me a grilled steak. I want some char on that bad boy. I mean, a prime rib essentially is a giant roast. And I think it's just, it's outdated. I think it needs to get <laughs> off the list. Um, but that brings us into the top three. I want to know your top three favorite steaks. I mean, dear Lord, man, it's, you can't throw it on a bus just like that. I mean, that's a, that's a, that is a prime steak, man. That is that is top notch. What do you feel before I go through my top three? What do you think about Ruth Chris? I think I've only been once or twice. Um, I liked it. Okay, so you like a butter steak? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm more. Well, we'll get into my list, but you'll. All right, all right, all right. Uh, top three. Um, I go uh, number three is a nice little ribeye. Um, two would have to be a New York strip. And then number one, of course, is prime rib, man. You cannot go wrong with a king cut prime rib, horseradish cream sauce on the side. You just perfect. You just put the prime rib at one. Yes. If I, if there's a prime rib on a menu at a steakhouse that I'm at, that's what I'm ordering. I don't even have to look at anything else. Exactly. Gene and Giorgetti's great prime rib. Uh, shout out old Louis Chap House on 103rd. Great prime rib. I mean. I get that the cut of meat is a steak, but how are we calling a prime rib a steak when it's not even charred? Oh man, 
or I mean, any kind of medium rare prime rib king cut all day no browning no nothing you just okay so you got a roast as your number one that's fine um top three <laughs> top three uh number three i will go with the i'll go with the t-bone the old okay. t-bone. yeah uh number two well circling back to the bring home the bone for teddy is that why yeah well i just like how you have the strip on one side and the flay on the other, you kind of get a mix of okay. both worlds. Um, you know, that's if the number one's not there, very rarely do I get a T-bone, but I'll mix it in here and there. Um, number two, I'm going with a strip. I think a strip's hard to beat. It's pretty straightforward. You know what you're going to get every time. Yeah. And then number one is the ribeye. I think it's the king of steaks. I think it's a perfect marbling of fat. Uh, content or ratio great marveling um chars well eats well i mean there's nothing there's nothing like a good cooked ribeye but uh what size are we going with here what's 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 with you on that the bigger the better i mean i mean I'm, i've never come across a steak that has been too big no no no, no. sides size yeah you can never the size of a steak yeah give me the oh. biggest one i'm talking about sides what are you pairing with this sides uh i'm a big baked potato guy yeah, oh, I've loaded baked potato. Yeah, give me a baked potato. Um, I'll do a corn on the cob. I'll do asparagus. I'll do mac and cheese. I'll mm-hmm. do just about anything besides sure. like, you know, like green beans. They could take a hike. Um, Are you Brussels sprouts guy? Nah, they could take a hike. Oh yeah, get them out of here. Hate the smell. Yeah, at, when we do that, when we do, we, there's a group of seven of us that do a different steakhouse downtown. And it's always one guy ordering Brussels sprouts, and I want to just yak. Yeah, I mean they stink. Um, yeah, for the most part, sides not too picky on. I mean, you uh, are you a wedge salad guy? Yeah, I like a good wedge salad. Oh yeah, here we go. Now we're talking. Oh yeah, now we're cooking. Um, I'll do a wedge salad. I'll do a Caesar. I'll do a house Italian. Um, pretty All much right. throw any kind of salad at me, and I'm eating it. All right. I mean, even at a wedding. I mean. The, oh, got to. Oh, yeah. I mean, at that point, it's like. Get rid of the soup. Just give me a salad. See, ooh, I 1,000% I disagree with that. What? The soup is some of the best at the wedding. Not in terms of quality, but in terms of like, because you're already halfway, you know, off the edge by the time dinner comes. Sure. So you're feeling good and you just need to get something in your system. That's true. Okay. There's nothing like a cream of chicken wedding soup to get the boys back on, on the level. <laughs> get that base in the stomach. Get oh, a yeah. little, there you go. Yeah. Coat the stomach. And then that's what I'm saying. It's usually the, the, uh, the salad gets pounded and then the soup. And then I kind of don't really touch my dinner. No. I mean, I, I pick at it a little bit, but I'm already back on the dance floor. No. <laughs> Cut and rug. But that does it, Rob. That's a great ending. That does it for uh, episode 41. Um, until next time, big guy. We uh, we'll see you in the fairway. See you in the fairway time. See you, buddy.